Hey, what's up? Like, totally time for 90210. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the 90210 show. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my girlfriend, Carol. How you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. <laughs> you didn't like that opening? Um, I mean, I'm just wondering if I'm doing the show with you or with uh, that radio dude. What's his name? Which oh uh, oh oh, not Shadow Stevens, but no, I know Casey Kasem. No, no, Casey Kasem's more like he's a, got the bedroom voice though. Back on the countdown. Yeah. No, I know who you're talking about, Alan Nolman. Yeah, that's him. Alan Nolman. Yeah. yeah. Now stand by the fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly. what you sound like. All right. Well, it is. <laughs> October 25th, 1996. Yeah, it is. And just like Alan Almond, we watched 90210. I assume he's a fan. He's like, sure. Where's Brenda gone? Everybody loves 90210. Come on. This Valerie just doesn't take her place. What the fuck? I don't know. What did you think of this episode, Carol? Um, Life. After death. I don't know. It was a little heavy. Yeah, a little heavy, a little slow. They're yeah. definitely, it's the beginning of the season. And this is, this seems to be the modus operandi for this show at the beginning of the season where it starts out kind of slow because they want to establish all the things that they're going to play out over the next season. Oh, that makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, we're seeing, like, the relationships forming between the characters. Oh, and, yeah. I mean, it seems like the way things were in the end of this episode, mm-hmm. that we're seeing at least three, maybe four really good fit relationships. But, yeah. But that's not going to make for good TV, so you know yeah. that... Things aren't going to happen. Yeah. Things aren't going to go well. Yeah. Valerie's gonna start rubbing up against Brandon or something. <laughs> it's uh or you know, Claire. like the, right? They're lulling us into a false sense of security. Yeah. There's there's hints that Claire might be up to something. You think? I don't know, either that or her dad is just completely out of touch. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because, yeah, she why do you think she's lying to her Okay. So <laughs> Yeah, let's let's go ahead. Yeah. You you take us through right. whichever storylines you wanna whatever order you want, Carol. So, for some stupid reason, Claire has started dating David. Yeah. Well, kind of. Well, she started to date him. Mm -hmm. And then she wanted to bring Donna to meet this new guy. Well, she... Well, that's... Yeah, that's the thing. She met David because David walked up to her while she was changing a human being into (laughs) a pug or a dog or something. Yeah, it was weird. I don't know what the hell that was. It was very weird. Some weird movie program. And he's like, you're in my communications class yeah so he invited her to his like video screening or something yeah and she brought donna you gotta meet this dude yeah who then you know ran away because that's what donna does whenever she sees david you gotta meet this new guy but you probably not want to have sex with him for two years (laughs) (laughs) drive him to cheat right so she finds out of course donna used to date david and it's this big awkward thing, but she still is going to try to do it because it's Claire and she doesn't really give a shit about anybody. No. 
So she waits for Kelly and Donna to be out of the apartment Mm -hmm. at a frat party and invites David over. Yeah, Claire's got to get that. uh, She has a a hole that she needs filled. Uh, Yeah. Emotionally, she's got a hole. (laughs) She's got a couple holes I think she wants filled. But, yeah, David gets all wigged out because it's his old apartment. I love how he says... Of all the three-bedroom apartments in the world or whatever, why'd you have to choose this one? And her response is, location, location, location. <laughs> and I just have a note here that says, uh, these these teenage kids sure talk like 45-year-old adults. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe her location is, you know, near Sprandon. Yeah, I guess. Like, who knows? I don't know. So she's trying to uh, get with David, and he's like, I can't do this. I don't want to hurt Donna anymore. Right. David's trying to be a nice guy. They're trying to paint him as, you know, he's matured. He's better now. Uh, I don't think he'll ever be better. No. Maybe better than Ezra. (laughs) But Donna is uh, maybe getting set up by her mom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, set up for a murder. (laughs) Donna's mob has committed uh, several gruesome murders in, in in Oregon, and she's setting Donna up. Okay, it sounded like you said Donna's mob has committed several. I said mom. But... And then you said in Oregon, right? Yeah. Which I makes no sense. Pick the state. Because she lives <laughs> in Texas. That's the part that doesn't make sense. She lives in Texas. Okay, fine. She committed several murders uh, on the border okay. of Texas and Mexico because she runs a drug cartel. That's Donna's mob. Right. What would Donna's mob be dressed like? It'd be in all sequins. We are Donna's mob. What the fuck? This is our territory. Oh, this is what I have to work with. Okay. Donna's uptight bitch mob. Right. Uh... Is trying to hook her up with one of her uptight friend's uh, sons. Correct. He's so special, she says. Yeah. Yeah, she said special a lot. It made me think that he either had special needs or like he was a little person or something. (laughs) Like I expected when the mom came in uh, to say, oh, is my son not here yet? And they're like, no, he's not here. And she's like, oh, actually, he's right here in my pocket. (laughs) Look at how precious he is. Right. So, Donna um, is very unhappy about this. I don't even know why she agrees. Her mom has way too much power over her. Oh, God, yeah. And she instead meets a super hot guy at this frat party that they all go to. Yeah. And they spend the whole night dancing, and he makes one sexual innuendo, and she tries to run away. Yeah. How is she going to make it through life if she have... can't ever even talk about sex? It was sex? barely even a sexual innuendo. Right. He's like, first one goes, because he, he compliments her dancing and says, what else are you good at? And she's like, what? Is... And he says, yeah, you know, like uh, surfing, Skype, I almost said skateboarding. <laughs> skateboarding, skydiving, whatever. I don't know what he said. Yeah. And she's like, no, nah, I'm not really into that stuff. And he goes, what about indoor sports? And then she's like, I'm, le- I'm out of here. Yeah, good night. I, I would have been like, fine, get the fuck out. Right? He's like, wait, wait. His name, by the way, is Griffin Stone. Yeah, what a, a name. A name that comes right out of the Flintstones. 
But he he stops her. And she says, uh, what if I tell you right now that I'm a good Catholic girl? Mm-hmm. He hasn't even asked you on a date. Right. He has not tried to kiss you. Yeah. You're jumping a little bit ahead here. Yeah. And, of course, what we know is, as a good Catholic girl, he can just play with her boobs. That's, <laughs> that's pretty much what he's limited to. So he says, oh, that's okay. I'm a good Catholic boy. Like, she's not that hot. No. Like, I just don't understand it. He's in college, and he's a good... I mean, he's very generic looking. I can see the, the casting director be like, uh, yeah, you see the mold where they make where they, they make young man faces over there? Just give me one of those. He looks a lot like John Sears. He does. Strong he, jawline, dark hair, same haircut. Not quite as muscular as John Sears. No. That's about it. But yeah, he's very generic. But... Even so, he's still handsome, and it's college. He could get with a lot of girls that are what right. they what they call DTF. <laughs> what the fuck? What is DTF? How about GTG? I don't know what any of this means. Good to go, and down to fuck. Okay, where did you hear this bullshit? Uh, so okay. I, I hate to admit this, but a few years ago, Ted Danson and what's his name, uh, or what's her name, from Family Ties, Justine Bateman and her brother Jason Bateman, the okay. three of them got together. I believe they were court-ordered to do this. <laughs> and they made a VHS tape called How Do I Know If I'm Really in Love? Okay. It was probably about, I don't know, maybe maybe a little less than 10 years ago that they did this. And they, it's terrible, but it's about, it's, it's essentially, it's kind of about abstinence, about preaching abstinence, sort of. Mm-hmm. But they have this musical number of where they're like, is she... DTF is she GTG? Oh my god! And they've got it on the their shirts. Like they have the different ones on their shirts. And it's like, um, what's the other one? NATO. It's the Scarlet Letter. No action, talk only. So there was there was there's a lot of a lot of those uh, shirts and acronyms that were in that thing, and that's kind of, that's why I learned it okay. when I was a younger man than I am today. <laughs> because for some reason I don't remember why, but for some reason. Someone in my house bought that tape. Really? Like, you didn't just happen upon this? It wasn't forced on you in Sunday school or... No, 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 no. It was in the house. It was in our house. Wow. I put it in our VHS player and pressed play. Who the fuck? I don't, I don't know why we it was... need to interrogate your family later and find out where what? this tape came from. Why it was on the tape shelf. That is hilarious. Seriously, though, Ted Danson is hilarious and he's like... um He's got his little black book. Mm. He's basically playing Sam Malone. And he's like, here's my list of excuses for why a woman needs to have sex with me or something. He doesn't actually say that, but he's mm. like, you know, you'd do it if you loved me. Uh, come on. You know, everybody's like all those cliches. Right. And he's going down the list pretending like this is how he's like. 
but it's also like a warning, like, you know, these are the cheesy lines that guys are going to give mm-hmm. you. And Justine Bateman appears in a little circle above his head, and she's like, come on. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, my God. Do you still have this? Mm-hmm. Oh, we need to watch this. Okay. Okay. So, anyway, <laughs> Donna is, you know, being her typical self. Mm-hmm. And the next day... Donna is... Is Donna the worst character in the show? Quite possibly. Quite possibly. I mean, because she's just... I know she's being handcuffed by her dad, Aaron Spelling, who Mm -hmm. produces this, and doesn't want her in a sex scene. Or doesn't want her even... Her character even to be hinted at that they could have sex, right? Like, the whole reason this storyline exists is because... He doesn't want his little girl to be involved in storylines like that. Yeah, he really should have just not let her go on the show. But because of that, she's a very boring character. I don't think that's necessarily true. I mean, the fact that she's the only one who hasn't had sex and it causes all this conflict, I wouldn't say that she's a boring character. I mean, I wouldn't want to date her if I was a dude, but I don't think she's boring. Well, I just... I don't think, like, in real life, if you don't want to have sex, I mean, that's your choice or whatever. I don't think that makes you boring. But in the guise of the show, she just comes off as really prudish, really... I guess because she's a virgin, they're writing her character in a certain way, and it's just very... Like you said, when when the guy makes that one innuendo, and she's like, bye. Right. I mean, that's... That's, to me, that's like... I don't even want to hang out with you and yet she you know made out with dylan and he made all those uh comments about having threesomes with her and kelly and and that was fine yeah she was fine with that right but anyways uh she dances with this dude who's all into her all night Mm -hmm. and then of course it turns out that the guy that she's being set up with is him yeah griffin stone he shows up at the door the next day and it's all oh yay he he we're so happy and we're going to go to the beach and be in love. You're still not getting laid, Griffinstone. <laughs> like, no. I don't think he realizes how, how deep this thing goes. Yeah. <laughs> how deep that her vagina goes. <laughs> Better men than you have been lost in there, Griffinstone. <laughs> the, the Iron Maiden that she wears. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> so that's what's going on with uh, Donna. And then who else do we want to talk about? Brandon? Well... Well, it depends on what order you want to go in. We can go Brandon next. Well, let's talk about uh, Brandon and Steve real okay. quick. Okay. Let's go back to this frat party for a moment. Right. Um, Steve organized this party. It's a pledge party, yeah. which I didn't realize at first, but that's what it is. And he's a pledge master. Mm-hmm. When did this happen? I don't know. Like, he was barely a member. He was like... About to get kicked out all year. Mm-hmm. And now he's the pledge master. Suddenly he's... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, suddenly so, he's the, the lord of this uh, fraternity. I don't know. What happened to the gay president that they kept? Oh, good question. Shouldn't he be Shouldn't he be doing this? Maybe. I mean, maybe this maybe is a like, division no, you, of labor. I don't know. You can't be around young boys. Well, you can, right. stay, <laughs> you can stay in the fraternity, but yeah. you can't be in charge of... Uh, of this, it would get weird. Right. Now, everyone take their pants off. We're going to start the flogging. Because <laughs> you know how they do their, uh, their little hazing. Oh, yeah. So, then Brandon shows up at this party because Steve really wants the student body president to show up to his party. Mm-hmm. And It's a big coup for him. He takes a sip of punch. 
and immediately is like, are you crazy? You can't serve alcohol. You're at a frat party. Right. What is wrong with you? Valerie's right. Everyone in this show is lame. Right? Like, Valerie is like, Valerie's like your older sister that doesn't like or watch the show, <laughs> but loves commenting on how lame everyone in the show is. And she's not wrong. Right. Yeah, they really are. It's fucked up. But it's just so weird to have a character in the show basically commenting on how how lame and, and wholesome everyone in the show is. But, I mean, it is getting a little out of control at this party. Mm. Uh, yeah, a little bit. There's, uh, there's probably, I don't know, roughly 300 people there. Right. And there's people making out on the front lawn. There's beer cans all over the front lawn. Yeah, be a little discreet there, Steve. <laughs> and the police, of course, show up because they're being well, super loud. campus security. Oh, campus security, okay. Even worse. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow... Brandon and Steve charm them and convince them everything's okay. Mm -hmm. They didn't mean for this to happen. They weren't serving alcohol. Mm -hmm. They're not going to let anybody drive home, Mm -hmm. and they're going to make sure that everybody gets home safe. Yep. What the fuck? Again, with the straight-laced bullshit. And as soon as these dudes leave, Steve's like, great, let's party. Yeah, I know. He's really, going to end up in jail. Really learned his lesson. Like, that's just going to happen. Like, he's going to have to do some time. Steve's going to need to get broken out of jail by uh, Donna's mob. <laughs> right? We're here for Steve Sanders. <laughs> Click our heels. Oh, goodness. I don't know why they have that accent, but that's Donna's mob for you. I think that's your attempt at a Mexican accent. It's not my attempt at a Mexican I can do a Mexican accent. Can you? Si, senor. Oh, God. Don't. <laughs> Maybe you can, and, but and you le, shouldn't. Andale, andale. <laughs> no, no. Right? No, no. Speedy Gonzalez. That's Mexican, right? I can also <sighs> do French. Oh, ma chérie. <laughs> or whatever. Pepe Le Pew. Okay, Pepe. Yeah, see, that's I learned all the accents I, I need to know from Looney Tunes. You want a southern accent? Well, I say, I say. <laughs> Brandon needs uh, Brandon needs some help. Brandon needs therapy. Yeah. Brandon needs you to finish your degrees or whatever in therapy and therapize him. He he is like really struggling with having actually literally watched his friend burn to death. I did not realize <laughs> that that happened until you said it. But I'm sorry, it's not funny. I mean, it is because it's a TV show. But you just come right out and. Said he watched his friend burn to death. <laughs> he says it. It's like, what the fuck? Like, I knew he saw the car explode, but, like, what all I didn't did he see? That he, that he watched Josh's face melt. <laughs> right? Was he, like, flailing around and he rolled out of the car? Like, what did Brandon see? Aww, oh, poor Brandon. <laughs> so he, Josh falls out of the car and just no. reaches out a hand and <laughs> Why didn't you go with me? <laughs> but you know, even if he had gone, like, what would he have done? He wasn't. He wouldn't have been driving. No, he so, would have just died. Yeah, I mean, I doubt that he would have been like, "Oh no, don't stop" or whatever. Maybe if Brandon was in the car, the angels would have inter- intervened, right? And the truck would have just phased through, like with that school bus. Yeah. For those of you that haven't listened <laughs> to that episode, oh, it's I fun. still cannot fucking get over how. 
there was going to be there was a Christmas episode where there were angels for some reason with Brooklyn accents that were like, "Yeah, hey, we're watching these nine oh two and oh kids." Oh no, Charlie! What's gonna? They're gonna die! What's wrong? What was a season one, season two? I think it was season two, but they the truck was gonna hit the bus and kill everyone, and then at the last minute, the angels stepped in and made the the truck phase through the bus. Right. It's not like not like they they even had a hint of realism where they just. You know, put put something in their path so the bus stopped for a minute, and then it was a narrow miss. The truck literally phased through it <laughs> while Steve watched. Right, and they never bring up the fact that Steve had to have witnessed this. And Steve never says anything. It's fucked up. So anytime there's ever any big tragedy or accident like that, the first thing I think of is. Why didn't the angels help this dude? Right. The angels were up there like, ah, fuck Josh Richland. The angels, the angels who are like, oh, you know who really needs help around the holidays? These kids from Beverly Hills. Exactly. <laughs> but this, uh, this episode begins with Josh's funeral. Yeah. With, with Brandon, for some reason. Doing the eulogy. His sister's in town. Why isn't his sister eulogizing him? First of all, I don't think this is his official funeral. I think it's like the memorial at oh, the campus. Okay. But what I noticed is that everyone in the audience looks pissed. Everyone that's not a main cast member, all the extras look angry. And I was like, what was the direction there? <laughs> you hate that Brandon's speaking. Well, apparently a good portion of the student body does hate Brandon. Yeah, some of them. That comes up. So, but he he's, yeah, he's eulogizing this dude. Oh, that's another one of my notes. Just what this teen comedy needs, politics. Right. And uh, as as you mentioned, his sister is there, and she's like, oh, you are such great friends, and um, I want you to come by, and I'll give you something when I'm going through his stuff. Some weird moments. Very between, weird. Between him and Brandon. Very awkward. And she even says something like, he, ne- like, he never mentioned yeah. you, or... And he said we weren't that close. And it's like, if this is the kind of conversation you're having, why are you inviting him to come get stuff? My favorite part was she she turns and leaves. And he says, he turns to Kelly and says, she walks just like a child. Yeah, what the fuck was that? And I, the first thing I thought of was, <laughs> oh, the, way, the way she walks, her ass looks just like Josh. Like, oh, what the fuck? That would have been funny. It was weird. It they, was very weird. They had some weird eye contact, some very... I guess it was supposed to be an awkward conversation. That's what they were supposed to be conveying, I suppose. Maybe. I don't know. It was fucked up. Yeah, it was weird. So, yeah, that whole thing's weird. And it's like, he's he's upset. And at first I'm like, well, why is he mourning so hard if he's not that close to him? But mm-hmm. I think it's more the trauma of having watched him die. Absolutely. I agree. So... That's he's kind the, of a dick to Kelly at first. Yeah. She's trying to help, and he's just like, uh, I didn't want to be alone, but never mind, because this is not good. Like, right. I don't want to talk either. Fuck you. And then he leaves. Yeah. He's a dick. 
So then she's all stressed out because after Dylan's dad died, she felt like she couldn't help him and it made the relationship not good. And then she's afraid she's going to lose Brandon. Which gives Andrea her one scene in the entire episode. She made her check. Yeah. Cash that paycheck, Andrea. Gabrielle Carteris. And her great advice. Just love him. Just love him. That's all you can do. It doesn't matter if he fucking listens to you or not. Just love him, man. Like, okay, whatever. Thanks. She also, well, she also goes to the student senate meeting. That's true. She carries the baby. Like, why are you bringing the baby into a student senate meeting? That seems a little fucked up. I think it's hilarious that basically I feel kind of bad for Gabrielle Carteris because it's just like (laughs) she comes like every, what do they call it when, um, when they have a scene? Uh, Not the book, but you you know what I'm talking about? The call sheet, Mm -hmm. right? Every time she's on the call sheet, it's like, give her the baby. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like this tote that she carries around with her in every scene she's in. And that baby would not be silent all the time in real life. Come on now. Do you think that's a real baby? No. In there? Yeah, I think it's some I think it's some doll. Yeah, for sure. Otherwise it'd be crying, which it should be, because again, it's a fucking baby. Right. Being taken to being taken to a college senate meeting. So of like that would be of course it would cry. Babies are well known for their, their love and attention to college politics. So Brandon gets approached by the head of the like Latino yeah. community. And he's like This I'm, dude this dude looks like he comes out of West Side Story. Every time they every time they film him, it's like the color grading is completely different. He doesn't even look like he's in the show. <laughs> Like, he looks like he's superimposed. Right. He's got this blue jacket on, and there's a blue filter around him. Yeah, it's kind of weird, but he's very hostile, and he approaches Brandon and says that he is contesting... The legitimacy of his presidency. Yeah. Because because Josh died, Brandon's president. And, like, I assumed that's accurate, but apparently there's not very well-defined rules or something. Not in this college. And they're talking about how they're going to go to court. What court? I'm really confused by this. I don't understand that either. Does the college have its own court? I would assume that's what they have to be talking about, because why would they go to a real court? Like, a real court would be like, we don't give a fuck. Exactly. (laughs) I I just, I don't understand. Like, you would think there'd be some sort of council or, or something like that where they could... Or the board, like the the board of edu- the board of regents or whatever they call it, mm-hmm. you would think they would appeal to them and then they would make a decision and say whatever. But no, they're going to court, and then Brandon's supposed to be leading this meeting, right? And all he does after he talks to this dude is bang a gavel and say the meeting's called to order, and now the meeting is adjourned. Get the what? fuck out. Like why? Why even? But why? Why did you do that, Brandon? I think the point of that is that he's pissed and he's giving up, and then the arc of his character through this episode is that he he decides not to give up. I, I'm just I'm contemplating. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I was the logical one for a sec. No, I'm just contemplating what you're saying because it's like he decides not to give up. Does he really like? Well, I mean, at the end, he says you know, the the only way to honor Josh's memory is to is to kick ass and ta- to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm oh yeah, he gum. says that it would have been better for him to have been in the car if he doesn't do this. <laughs> it's fucked up. But yes, 
But it just seems like, I don't know, the whole episode, he's basically giving up on fucking everything. Like, he's just laying in bed crying. and he's giving up on fucking Kelly, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, She's like, okay. hey, you want to come to bed? And he's like, no, I'm not, I'm, I don't feel like it, which I understand or whatever. Yeah. But she's like, why did you come over at 10 o'clock at night then? <laughs> that was a little weird. Yeah, it's not good. Their relationship's a little rocky, but... It seemed like it was getting better towards the end mm. of the episode because they were all like snuggly. And they said they loved each other. Was that the first time? It's the first time I've heard them say it. Yeah. I don't so. know if it's the first time they've said it to each other. but So, yeah. So, I mean, we ended off on a good note with them being all snuggly and lovey. Mm-hmm. And Claire and David were working on a project because they're going to just be friends. Right. When Donna walks in with to... a bikini. In a bikini, yes, to get ready to go to the beach with the other dude, and she's just like, "Oh, you guys can, you guys can work together. We can, we'll be fine." Right. Yeah. It's it's no. Oh, big have deal. I have I uh, have I introduced you to uh, Stone Hardcock, <laughs> my new my new boyfriend or whatever? So she's acting like now she's over David and everything's gonna be fine. And I bet you, because of the show being the way the show is, she is. Like, yeah. going forward, it'll be like they never, ever dated. Until they get together again eventually. Yeah. We'll see. But him and Claire then are, like, going to go at it, you can tell. Yeah. So. Which is fine. I guess. But when Brandon, like you mentioned, was talking to her dad, her dad's like, oh, uh, how's, how's Claire? Claire? You know, how are things with my daughter? Yes. Like, well, Like, he obviously thinks they're dating. It sounds like it. It's and Brandon's just like, oh, you know how I feel about your daughter, sir. Like, yeah, how? Right. <laughs> I I love how on this show everyone speaks in riddles instead of actually giving information. This is one of those shows where there would be no conflicts if any of them had ever heard of post its. Right. It just like leave a post it note. Here you go. I'm not dating Claire. Yeah, it's it's weird. And, like, the other characters just act like it's normal when they say things. Like, if he had said to me, oh, you know how I feel about your daughter, sir, I'd be like, "What? Well, how what do you feel? Mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, but they're just like, oh, 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 yeah. Like, it's always like that. Yep. Convenient misunderstandings. It's the, it's the threes company formula. Yeah. So now is my favorite. My favorite part of the show. I figured it's not a big part of the show. The Brandon, the Brandon plots the the A story that drives the show. But I figured you'd save this for last because this is your your sweet spot here. Valerie and Dylan. Yeah. Valerie just shows up at Dylan's house. Like three quarters of the way through the episode. Yeah. Haven't say. I thought to myself, we haven't seen Valerie at all this episode. So he lets her in. She's just like, oh, well, hey. Well, at first he says, I love how anytime I interrupt you, what? you look at me like you want to sick Donna's mob on me. <laughs> Stop the interrupting. Um, it's more Spanish than it is Mexican. It's more Espanol. Like it's, okay. more, it's more, yeah, whatever. But my confusion is that it's on the border of Texas and Mexico. So whatever. I think I it's care. just wrong. Go ahead. At first, he says, hey, I don't want to have anything to do with anyone living at the Walsh house. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, can I come in? Because I have this vagina. And he's, <laughs> like, and he's like, yeah, okay, fine. But <laughs> So he lets her in. 
Yeah. Yeah, I guess he did try to put up a fight for like a minute. Not even. And then like he was making egg salad, which seems like the most she, like it's it's such a weird juxtaposition because she's like, you're the only one in this town that gets me. And he's like, oh, uh, Jim and Cindy aren't good. And he's like, are you kidding me? Everyone else, everyone else in this town besides you and me is just completely wholesome goody two shoes. Mm-hmm. He's, like, he's like, yeah, you're right, babe. Let me just finish making this potato salad. <laughs> egg salad, yeah. Or egg salad. And then they're talking about, like, what eggs mean to them, like, in their traditions and culturally. And it's like, what? It was just such a, a, like, mundane activity and conversation for these characters to be having. Maybe he's going to fertilize her eggs. Maybe oh, it's, God. Maybe it's foreshadowing. Don't, don't even joke. That would be very, very bad. I think you, I think you very much identify with the Valerie character. You think so? Yeah. Why? I, I, I just think you do. I you think, think I'm a bitch and a whore? What the fuck? <laughs> well, I'm sorry. You think she's a bitch and a whore? <laughs> a little bit. Oh, I don't think so. She put on the little back black dress. <laughs> she, she lost her, her father. Yeah. She's hot, like you. She has dark hair, like you. She is kind of like, she kind of rides that line between being good and being bad. Does she? And so do you. Really? Yeah. Well. You ride that line. Well, I'm glad to know that I, I'm like, you know, Valerie hotness or whatever, but. But uh, not, uh, but you're not a bitch or a whore. <laughs> anyway. She's sleeping with one guy. I don't know how that makes her a whore. Because she sought him out. Oh, my God. What are you, a mother from 1956? She asked him out on a date. What a hussy. But, I mean, she got into the little black dress and went out looking for it. Oh, no. (laughs) You sound like the abstinence tape. This is the <laughs> VD and you. Oh goodness! Look for the telltale signs of the hussy. Little black dresses, being in places they shouldn't be, like pool halls. <laughs> but I mean, she went got a got a light, Mister. She went right to bed with him on the second date. I guess, yeah. I, mean, I, would I, even guess. Call, I wouldn't even call them dates. <laughs> right. The second encounter. Yeah, the second time that she met him, they had sex. Third time. Close encounter of the third kind. But anyways, they spend the whole day in bed. Right. And uh, she blows off Steve, who she's... <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> she ditches Steve. <laughs> right. Because she's supposed that to... That be... would make her a whore. Right, right. I'll be right back, Dylan. I've got to go blow off Steve. <laughs> she's supposed to be his date to this frat party and instead she's with dylan she's like i like this party they did bond talking about their dead dads they both have they both lost their fathers yeah so i mean that's kind of sad and i mean like i said when we were watching it i feel like this is a really good match they're really well suited to each other like they've been through similar traumas they both like to be badasses and, you know, actually have softer sides and, you know, all that shit. So. The one thing I don't, I didn't like about it, though, is a lot of the dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> all the, uh, you're a bad girl, aren't you? And, like, stuff like that. It's, uh, 
Their dialogue is straight out of Penthouse Forum by way of <laughs> Highlights Magazine. Wow. It's like, it's like sexy talk, but sanitized. That is quite the uh, comparison there. Penthouse by Highlights. Yeah. Wow. So, Dear Penthouse, <laughs> I met a keen chick. <laughs> and she's a bad girl. So um, he lets her know that he doesn't want to date, that he doesn't want a relationship. Right. So he's making it very clear that the sex they're having is the only thing that's a relationship she is about. She can come over, eat eggs, and drink alcohol, the perfect combination. <laughs> ew, ew, and, ew, and, ew. I just thought about that. Ew. <laughs> well, she's eating an egg, and she's like, you got anything stronger than a beer? And he's like, yeah. And she goes... <laughs> I don't know why she delivered the line like that, but it's good. Well, it's, I mean, she'd just been talking about how her dad blew his brains out in their bathroom, so maybe she needed a stiff drink. She needed a stiff Dylan, I'll tell you that. Right. And she got it. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, yes, he doesn't want to date. She can come over and have sex and hang out. But also... He doesn't want it over the super or the information super highway. Basically, I don't want Brenda to know that I'm putting my cock in you, Valerie. Yeah, I don't know how Brenda's going to find out, but uh, Jim and Cindy Walsh and live Brandon. with her, and Brandon. Yeah, you really think that? See, Brand, I could see Brandon calling her in London. We're never going to see her again. No. Calling her in London and telling her, but I couldn't see Jim or Cindy being like. Well, yeah, everything's good here. Dylan's fucking someone else. Valerie. Yeah, the person that took your place. Yeah. So she says, okay, so we're not going to be playing mini golf anytime soon. Mm -hmm. And then later they're at the Peach Pit. The Peach Pit with Steven Sanders. And Steve is talking to Valerie and her and Dylan act like they've never met, which I think is really dumb because they did meet in public Mm-hmm. at the, um, the gala yeah so that was ridiculous like they were all there together and he's like hey you haven't met blah 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 and then she, he asked her about why she stood him up and she's like oh hey let's go play mini golf yep and then dylan looks like upset ish dylan a little dylan's jealous i don't know i mean i think it's kind of the perfect setup really like she dates Steve and then fucks Dylan and Steve just goes home and thinks about Kelly. I mean, I think it works. Okay. It works for who? You, are you saying everyone in, in that situation is, uh, is satisfied? <laughs> no. He buys stuff for Valerie and, and everything and, and she goes home and has sex with Dylan. I, I'm not saying everyone's satisfied. It works for for Valerie and kind of for Dylan. Yeah. I don't think Dylan's... Dylan's Dylan's too proud. And apparently, Steve's a friend, I guess. You don't think they're friends? Well, uh, he says they're friends. He sa- She says, he says, like, what's going on with Sanders? And she's like, nothing, or not much, or whatever. And he's like, let's keep it that way, because he's a friend, and I wouldn't want to see him get burned. Mm-hmm. And that's when she says, he's a big boy. If he doesn't want to get burned, he shouldn't play with matches. And then Dylan says... Ooh, you are a bad girl. <laughs> and that is Penthouse Forum by way of Highlights Magazine. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's not great. But it's interesting. 
Yeah, their their storyline is somewhat interesting. I could not care less about the politics thing. No, I know. Like, let it go. Move on. Do something else with Brandon. Like, yeah. why did they make Brandon so boring? I don't know. Like, he's more boring than Donna. He is pretty fucking boring. You're right about that. And Kelly's boring now, too, just by the proximity. Like, she's now <laughs> sucked into his boring storylines. The fact. The fact that Brenda's not there has just made everyone else more boring and generic. <laughs> well, and then, you know, we've got Claire and uh, Valerie to spice it up. Yeah. And Dylan. Claire is some spice. Yeah. So, and, and Valerie, obviously, as well. And Dylan's just Dylan. Yeah, Dylan's well, always going to be just Dylan. Yeah, whether he drinks or not, he's still got that attitude that's, you know. Seems like he's handling his alcohol fine, too. I mean... You think? Yeah, don't you think? I don't know, because we don't know what else is going on in his life besides drinking and playing pool and fucking Valerie. That like, seems, like he's, seems like he's doing pretty well to me. <laughs> Seven sex with Tiffany Amber Thiessen. He lives in a, a, a nice uh, house by himself, and he's playing pool. He seems like he's doing pretty well. Okay. Um, I think he might be doing better if he was, I don't know. Working on getting his money back, working on getting a job or going to school or, you know, doing anything with his life. He owns part of the peach pit. <sighs> yeah, that's going to keep him set for life. We got He gets free coffee. He does get free coffee. <laughs> you know, I bet they lost a lot of money when he became part owner because he lets all his friends probably, like, eat for free. And that's, like, half the patrons of the peach right. pit. We gotta start charging Burt Reynolds ten times, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's pretty much it, though. That's the episode, I think. It is. That All is right. it this week. I'll tell the people. Uh, I don't know. Whatever you want to tell them, let's go. Write us at latefee1994daywell.com. Yeah, we'd love that. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Mm-hmm. Lots of good stuff there. And uh, share the tapes with your friends. Yeah, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>